Do you want to get you, me, them, everybody audio programming without even thinking about it? Do you use the fantastical phonotronic audiograph program, iTunes? Have we got a solution for you? Subscribe to You, Me, Them, Everybody. Go to iTunes and search You, Me, Them, Everybody. Or do it the lazy way. Go to YouMeThemEverybody.com and hit the big subscribe and iTunes button. That's YouMeThemEverybody.com. It's the bee's knees. All right, we are back. It is hour two of Sebado Gigante, and uh, we are seated with... Say your names, please. Aaron Shea. And? Scott Smith. I've known Scott for a very long time, you might say. Yeah, you know, you might say that, and you would not be incorrect in saying so. And uh, Lollapalooza, Holy which shit. One? No, Pitchfork. Pitchfork, the uh, first the one. The first one, 2005. yeah. And you were, like, manning the entire media tent, which was literally a small tent and, like, four... Like uh, plastic chairs. That was what the media tent started out as. Yeah, it was a very, very long time ago. Yeah, that's around when I met you too. That's when you met. Around Brandon? when I met you. Or met me. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, that's true. Yeah. I don't think yeah, Aaron and I have ever been formally introduced. Really? Nice to meet you. Aaron. Hi, this is my wife, Aaron. I know that. <laughs> well, I hope that I know that. This is yeah. Brandon. Nice Hi, Brandon. to meet you. He also a uh, show called <laughs> "You Me Them Everybody." This show. It's really good. <laughs> this is the show. This is kind of the show. This is the show, but not at the brain. Yeah, That's we're true. not at the hungry brain. This right. is a this is a more of a, how I used to do the show in the apartment. Uh, whatever, that's pointless. The reason why you're on the show is because uh, you're both writers. You're you're nodding like yes. You're kind I'm of sorry. This is I should be speaking and saying yes. In fact, yes. we are writers. But you write <laughs> different. You you work for Chicago Magazine. That's right. And Aaron, you're a writer, but you write for your blog. Yes. And other stuff, too, I think. I do. And I, I sold out a long time ago, so I work for The Man. What's, well, you work for the... Tri- he works for the Tribune Company. Yeah, but it's a different yeah. man. It's, it's a, a different di- man. It's a different man. What man do you work for? I, w- I work for the public relations man. Oh, really? Yeah, but the thing is, what I basically do is tell companies how to behave online. Is that easy? No. What, what does that mean? That means if you go on Facebook and Twitter, don't look, act like an asshole. So I shouldn't go on Facebook or Twitter, because I usually do that. You should talk to me first. I need help with the media. No, we can do it. Really? We're not a big old company. Yeah. With rules and and doctorates and mandates. I want to be a big old company with rules and doctorates. (laughs) That's the whole point of this. Step one is to talk to my wife. Yeah, step one, (laughs) talk to me. I can make you famous. Okay. Oh. But is that... Really? Can you make me famous? No. Oh. Oh. Why would you say that? That's just mean. (laughs) I'm a liar. (laughs) Part one of being in public relations, right? Right. (laughs) Right. I clearly suck at my job. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> apparently I just got a text. Uh, my girlfriend, my fiance, met Scott at Lollapalooza of the first Lollapalooza. That's right. Okay. And I met you the same year. Right. Okay, that's what it was. Apparently, and I don't I'm think I made that connection. I don't think I made that connection um, at the time. But yeah, maybe I did. It's been a long remember. time. How did you meet? A long time ago. How did at Lala like Kelsey what? was there covering it for the machine, and you were there covering it for Chicagoist, and you yep. kept and she said that you guys had a great time because you kept making fun of everybody else. That yeah, that's accurate. Yeah, yeah, that is true. You really notice, did you see how I didn't nod that time? And I, in fact, <laughs> you're really you good at this. Yeah, I'm. Yeah. I'm really a fast learner. Well, you've been on a lot of talk shows recently in a weird way. I've done a bunch of a bunch of stuff. I'm the most of the writing that I end up doing now is doing like. Like coming out and friends will ask me to do stuff and I say yes because I you know why wouldn't you say yes he's to a, friends 
And I'm a whore. Oh. Is that what you're going to go yeah. for? Nice, honey. <laughs> oh, sweet. God bless you. And that's why you're married. How long yeah. have you guys been married now? Uh, we've been married since 2008, so coming up on three years. Yep. That's nice. It is. It's lovely. And you have I a child? It. We have a child. A four-month-old child. Abigail. Abigail Grace. A.G. I feel like I could say that because you write about her. I do. I write about her all the time. Is that odd? Having a child? No, to write about the child. No. I feel... My girlfriend has read the blog and about specifically about the pregnancy and stuff like that. And if anything, it scared the hell out of her in a good way, I think. Yeah, it should. Yeah. The thing about being pregnant and having a child is that it's scary as shit. Yeah. Like, it should be. And I think too many people don't talk about how scary and awful it can actually be. Well, what- I mean, it's good. It's good, too, but... You know, I love that. It's scary, right but it's good. Well, but the thing is, as, as a woman, I'm supposed to be all flowers and happy and sunshine right. about being a mom, and I am, except for the really awful parts. And I think I would have still had a child had I known. But I wish I would have known. I do. I wish I would have. Are known. you afraid she's going to read the blog one day? Um, we've actually talked about it, and I think at the year mark, we're going to reevaluate. Uh huh. Um. Because she's her own person, and that is true. She gets to—I mean, she's not an extension of us. Yes. So she gets to have, you know, some say. Not at one because she's barely going to be able to talk. <laughs> but I feel like at some point, I don't want her to. I mean, she's going to end up on the couch anyway because your parents fuck you up no matter what you do. Okay. But I feel like, yeah, the less fodder we can give her, the better. But she has two parents that are self-aware, which most parent, most people don't. Yeah. So maybe she won't end up on the couch. Mm, I don't know. I feel like if I do my job. You know, she'll not, I guess not, but I, I don't know. I think everybody belongs on the couch. Even okay. With the most self-aware parents. Are you, either of you seeing therapists right now? Not right now, no. But I you was. have. I have. Oh, yeah. Did it make your relationship better? Yes. I just started going. You, see, now, so, I didn't, hmm. I was not. Wait, what? We Actually. <laughs> we have not been in therapy together. No. Yeah. But we're not against it. No. No. But we've been in, in therapy separately, and I will say I was in therapy from when, from uh, when I got divorced. Me too. When I got separated, actually, before that even. And then up until, I want to say, a year ago, roughly now, I was in therapy. And I would say, yes, it made our relationship Same better. Same therapist? Uh, different therapist. How did yeah. you... What about you, Aaron? Um, no, I would agree, because I had this... I mean, I got a divorce and ran straight to the couch. And I think that... Um, See, that's way better than, like, the bar, well, I we went to the bar. Too. Oh, okay. We I went to too. a bar, too. I gained, like, 15 pounds worth of Maker's Mark. I mean, <laughs> and on the couch. This is why I think you and I should have met years ago. I just, <laughs> Seriously. I was lectured earlier about day drinking and how I'm not, like, a pro. I think I'm a, like, a huge pro Oh, drinking. you know, that's the thing about having a kid, day drinking. It's gone. We but tried to like day, day drink. drinking. I never have enjoyed it. Really? Really? Yeah. Oh, oh I like too bad. night drinking. What this is no nothing. There's nothing. It's not an either or. It's no. an and. Uh, that's the yeah. thing. I, maybe it's the thing is I know I couldn't be moderate. Oh, mm. okay. you know, Merle and I have drank together hundreds of times. Oh, I go if I go, I'm going all the way. Exactly. <laughs> we're, we're either in. <laughs> There's or no out. point. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you think, Merle? Though you have to the day drinking, you do have to have a slow simmer about it. You know, you, well, you sip. And then, and then the night drinking is well. When I've day, I've been day drinking. It it really has been like I've been night drinking. Okay. Oh, okay. So you approach it the same way. Yeah, I just go, just go I full can't. force. Well, I mean, I have, and it's a bad idea. Speaking of day drinking, uh, you, Scott, you used to work for Playboy, right? And while you were working for Playboy, your Twitter feed seemed to be about it's five martini time. That's 
Yes, that also. seems to have stopped. Um, yeah, you know, um, there's. If you read the news, you would know that uh, you know the Tribune used to be a certain way under yes. a certain guy, and yes, and, and that wasn't a good thing. And you know, maybe there were some things about it. There was more uh, boozing in the office and what have you. And I think other parts of the Trib Tower drink more than others. Um, our office is not quite like that. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with drinking at work uh-huh. uh, in moderation. Um, I think that's the key thing. I don't. Th- I, I, I think there should be drinking at every job in moderation we, we have on occasion. And I think I, we have a bar. Yeah, these guys wow. they have a drink. We have a cart. bar. They have an entire thing. So it's like every night you're in an airline. Kind airliner. of. Kind of. That's kind of nice. It is. I mean, it's not. We're not sitting around boozing all the time. Yeah. But certainly we have you know charity drinking. Okay. Okay. You know, we What's have, your drink of choice? At work? Yes. At work? Is it different than other? Yes. Okay, let's go work first. First. Work first, probably beer. And I'm not a big beer drinker. That's good, then. You can't overdo it. I can't overdo it. Last time, a fat tire. Okay. It was fat tire. So you like a hoppy-ish beer? Yeah. Uh, I think mostly because I won't, mostly because I will sip it. And I won't go overboard. Yeah, you can't, like, pound half... Well, you can pound fat tire. It's just not a good idea. It's not a good no, idea. You get bloaty. Yeah. Now, what about bloaty. evening? You just get home from work. You can drink whatever you want. What are you drinking then? Martinis. What if it's a night out in the town? You're going to get dinner. What do you drink? Uh, last night, I had a saffron-infused gin and ginger ale. How was that? It was fantastic. Sounds a little sweet to me. It's not. Really? It's not. It, does it's the still, saffron cut it or something it like really that? It really does. Okay. It really does. And... It's just it's refreshing. That's very nice to know. It is. It's I didn't refreshing. Know any of that. Yeah. Now, what if it's a day drinking situation? What did I have my last day drink? Oh, I think it was like a vodka lemonade concoction. Okay. Oh, we had dark and stormies. Oh, day we had drinking. dark and stormies. Those are good day drinks. Totally different than well, not really actually. A dark and stormy. So it's a it's a it's, it's a heavy beer and and ginger beer. Okay. Yeah. Rum and ginger beer. What am I thinking of? Am I thinking of snake bite when it's a uh, cider and yes. a heavy beer? Okay. Yes. Now, Scott, let's go through your uh, drinking um, choice. I, so, when I was at Playboy, definitely there were martinis. I mean, we there was I had you know booze in the office. I uh-huh. mean, that was it was various forms of of uh, hard. But liquor. you got let's clarify. You got your work done. You didn't lose your job no, because of booze. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, it was not because of booze. I would have rather that have been the case. Yeah, uh, it was just a bad situation. They just all, essentially all downsized, right? Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, like they you couldn't have done anything me, to keep that mainly. job. Um, no, well, I probably not at the, on the day that I lost it, but on the, in the weeks prior and months prior, perhaps okay. I could have. I chose not to. Do you? Uh, what? So. What, do you, what could you have done? Um, I done what I was asked to do, and nothing else, and not objected to the things I was being asked to do. Oh, so, so you, okay, yeah. So you, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah. So we so should probably stop talking about this. Thing. No, I mean it's it's fine. I don't, you know, I can I can be uh, reserved and, and discreet. <laughs> well, you you have uh, a very very good job now. No, it's fantastic. Um, <laughs> okay. It's it's really great. Uh, nice nice pivot. I no like no no, it's <laughs> awful. Okay. <laughs> No, it's great. No, I like it a lot. Um, work with some great people. Work yeah. with some very smart people. Um, work with a you know magazine that's been around for over Chicago forty years magazine. now. Chicago Magazine. Yeah. Um, so they're great. I like I said though, I, I do wish there was more drinking at work, and I feel like we could get that kind of going. He actually like know. the first couple of weeks actually came home and lamented the fact that there was no drinking at yeah. his job. Yeah, it was really. I was like, you're working a magazine. Like I that's know. what you're supposed to do, and you're in you know media, and and hey. But the what fact happened? that you're working for a magazine and in media and getting paid, that's already different than the norm. True. 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 So I'm currently writing a weekly column for uh, the most popular blog in D.C. Don't get paid. 
And I what I'm, blog is that? Uh, Brighty Chunk Things. Okay. Uh, and I'm writing for the City Paper, which is owned by the same people that run the Reader. Right. I get paid a pittance, and I'm a freelancer. And they have, I think, four staff writers, and everyone else is just an editor. So no one is day drinking. Hell, everyone's working twelve hour days and getting paid for eight hour days. So part of the reason I drank so heavily at Playboy is because I was really unhappy. So really, that made it better. Um, why were you unhappy? Um, you know what? Boobs it was. Are, it's a yeah, boobs gosh. Are I was just like, <laughs> if this just just have less boobs, I would be. Um, no, I think it was just. Uh, you know what I missed? I missed writing about and participating in the discussion about local city culture. Yeah, because you came from Chicago. Yeah, I mean that's how I started, and everything I had done up until that point was about. Here's things that are going on. Here's things that are wonderful and great about living in the city. And here's things that are terrible, but there's a, you know, let's talk about why they're terrible. And I was, you have to understand that working for Playboy is, it, the building is on Lakeshore Drive. Mm-hmm. And it is about a 15-minute walk from Michigan Avenue. And that 15-minute walk feels like you, you might as well have blocked two miles. It just feels so separated from Chicago. It feels like really, you know, it's up really? in this, this building and it is just feels really separated from everything that's going on in the city. Yeah. And which is a shame because everything that was about the uh, great things that have gone on at Playboy happened because it started in Chicago and it, you know, was a place where you could launch a, a magazine on your kitchen table in yeah. your Lincoln Park apartment and. There was, a, I think, a, an energy to it because it was here in Chicago and it wasn't New York and it wasn't Los Angeles. You, but you wasn't that, that lost as soon as they moved west? Um, well, they moved. I mean, Half obviously moved to the mansion and, yeah. and for a time editorial operations were out in New York. And um, I just think that there's, there wasn't really a, a sense of we were a part of a larger media city culture. And I missed that. And now the name of the magazine is Chicago Magazine, so you're definitely involved right. in the culture and I all that stuff. I definitely am, yeah. How did the Playboy job affect the marriage? Did it affect the marriage, or was it just another no. job? No, and it was funny, too, because I remember when um, he first had the interview, the eight, the woman in HR said, mm-hmm. is your wife okay with this? And I was had no I was like, problem. Yeah, no, she thinks it's a hoot. Yeah, yeah. I, actually, I think it was like, oh, that's a hoot. No, I no, I had absolutely no problem with it whatsoever. I mean, I don't no, not at all. In okay. fact, I had like great Playboy stories to share from my youth. So really, yeah. What are, could you share one with us? I would love to. Um, so my mother was a huge fan of Dallas, and every Friday night they went out for cocktails. And this was in the um, genesis of VCRs. Okay. And so my mom would tape Dallas every night. Well, I grew up with cable. Like I, I don't remember a time without cable. Really, I've never had cable. Really, we had a cable box. That was the size of like two VCR tapes put together, and they were actual push buttons. Nice. And you'd have to flip a lever. I also walked uphill both ways in the snow to school. Anyway, <laughs> so my dad had the Playboy Channel, and it was like a part of a basic cable package. As a basic cable package. Wow. This was the early '80s. Yes, it was. So my parents would go out to dinner, and we had a babysitter. And when Dallas came on, it was time for bed, but I would dilly dally. And um, so I would flip back and forth uh-huh. watching Playboy, and then the babysitter would come back in, and I'd flip it back to Dallas. So um, my mom came home to watch this episode of Dallas, and it kept flipping back and forth to the Playboy channel. So my parents had to have a very uncomfortable conversation with me at age seven. So have what, you t- no, go ahead. Uh, what did it look like? Yeah, Early yeah. 80s Playboy channel. Really? Honest to God? Yeah, honest lots man. of bush. <laughs> I mean, there, there, there wasn't anything waxed. There was no waxing. But is that a bad thing? 
No. Good. Oh, Good God, answer. no. No. Good oh, my answer. God, no. I mean, I, th I think you get to do whatever you want. I mean, ladies, however you want to roll, roll that way. But I grew up in an era where it was full-on bush. Yeah. Also, my dad had Playboy magazines, too. Yeah. But, yeah, there was a very uncomfortable conversation in my house with mom sat down to watch Dallas, and it was a lot of J.R.U.ing and did porn. What did she say? My mom didn't. My dad was the one, the poor bastard, what who had say? to have that conversation. He just, my dad was pretty frank about things, so he just said, your mom sat down to watch Dallas, and we noticed there was some other channel <laughs> that recorded. Have you talked about this on the therapist couch? <laughs> I think probably. Do you feel like you're doing that now? No, not at all. Damn it. All right, I'm not no. doing a good job then. That's okay. I mean, it's, a good, it's a funny story. I remember pretty clearly. Yeah, we never had any of that. Did you have any of that in the house, Merle? Uh, my brother had a cable box, and it, was, it nice. stole cable, yeah. and it had... Was it scrambly and fuzzy, or did it actually just steal it? No, it stole it. So oh, we did awesome. have... We had in the basement, because that's where he his room was, there was a, I believe, was like, like Spice like Channel. Oh, was Playboy. that like a Nirvana for him? That had to have been. Like, basement, bedroom, Probably, because he smoked a pool. lot of weed down there. <laughs> yeah. And it would come through the vents, and, like, no one really spoke of it. So it's, no one's, oh, no so one's, it's really good no Midwest denial. Yeah, there's a lot of that, like, the bong was sitting in this big-ass bong in my really? parents' I just imagine my mother dusting it or something <laughs> when she walked through. Getting in the nooks and crannies. I know. It's, yeah. <laughs> Well, I wish I don't have any of that. I didn't. I, I never really had a Playboy story. Yeah, there was no none of that in my house. Yeah. Either. So like the culture of Playboy, I never got it. Now being raised by a woman too is like I never got to uh, embrace uh, hating women out of frustration. You know what I mean? Like uh, most of our peers have. Uh, you know. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, trust I me, just, I'm not feeling never... superior. I feel like I missed out. No. <laughs> Although I don't think Playboy really made you hate women because they're so classy to me. In my head, they seem very classy. I was going to say, I mean, I, I don't, yeah. There no. was, a, there was, it's really more of a, a, a pedestal situation than you it think? is. That's it, how it's presented. I mean, if you think about how women are presented in Playboy, it's, there's Although, a lot of airbrushing, there's a lot of filters, there's mm -hmm. a lot of like arm's length kind of thing when, yeah. at least, at least in recent times, and if you look at back at, the older issues in the 50s and the 60s, they were very accessible. I would have a harder time with Abigail at, you know, whatever age, stumbling on nowadays Playboy yeah. than I would Playboy 20, 30 years ago. I mean, whatever. She's going to see Although 20 boobies. years ago was like the 1980s. But I'm, I, I, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm still maintaining. You've, well, you've got some old Playboys in the house. True, yeah, but they're from like the 1960s. So I guess I'm saying is like I would, I, I would think that the female form as it was presented in Playboy in the 80s was probably healthier for a girl in the context of... But you of can say that about uh, music as well, because now everything is so specialized. Like, you're never going to get another Nirvana. You're never going to get another Playboy. Everybody's going to know exactly what they want as soon as they're of age. If they spend, like, ten minutes online, they'll find the exact thing they're looking for. That's true. So it's not like there's going to be... It's not going to be a wash of Suicide Girls or a wash of uh, any certain type of porn. But I still feel like there's a, there's a universal culture experience... That goes on, and that's kind of what we're talking about. Like, especially with music. Exactly. Like, there's uh, one of the things I've thought about is it's the is the summer song like not a thing anymore. You know, is there really no summer song? But then, like as recently as a couple years ago, you had like Rihanna's "Umbrella" was yes. like everywhere, like yeah. out Although of cars. But, and, but do we say that because we're closer to forty than twenty? Because you and I used to debate over what the summer song was, and I don't right. think we've had that debate in probably two summers. And I don't know if that's because it's just not farts. as ubiquitous. You know I think or... there are more summer songs. It's not 
there's more no, of I would everything. Agree with, That's I, the thing. So, yes, there are obvious summer songs. And as long as there's radio, which there will always be radio, because it's been written off so many times, there's always going to be summer songs. But now there's going to be the Pitchfork summer song. Mm-hmm. There's going to be the hip-hop summer song. There's going to be the backpack hip-hop summer song. There's going to be the mainstream hip-hop song. Although maybe I'm reaching. We were just walking on our way walking here, and there was a bunch of kids playing with squirt guns. Uh-huh. And one kid goes, I'm going to bass. And Scott said... I'm really glad that still maintains. Oh, yeah. Like, kids, there's like certain universal things absolutely that are always going to be, be like things that, I mean, one of the things that Scott and I always talk about in terms of music and mm-hmm. our kid, you know, I listened to New Kids on the Block for mm-hmm. a two-year period. Yeah. It seemed like the longest two years of my parents' life. Now, eventually, I grew out of that and listened to good music. I mean, two years later, I was buying Pearl Jam and Nirvana albums. But, but it's not we as... can't control that for our kid, and I'm not going to make that be the hill we die on. Did you see the recent South Park about this? No. The cynicism episode? You yeah, I saw it. that. Uh, do you want to sum it up? Because it was, I think, quite possibly the best South Park in years. Um. Okay, so how it started, what, well, wait, I actually don't know how it starts. It's Sam's birthday, and his, he gets a tween pop album, and his mom won't let him listen to it. That's right, and he'd never heard it. His friends are like, oh my god, it's the greatest thing ever, and he gets this. And they, the parents don't like it, because they say it sounds like shit. All of it. Oh, it sounds like shit. Like, like that. Like shit. literal oh, like just shit literal coming. Like shit. It's like shit noises. And so he, like, he finally listens to it, and he he hears shit too. Yes. Right. Yes. He hears shit, and everybody else, and and he's confused because, like, wait, wait a minute, guys, do you actually do you hear this? And I hear shit noises. And so he goes to the doctor. Goes to the doctor. The doctor goes, well, that's completely normal. You're getting older now. You, but now listen to Bob Dylan. But Bob Dylan also sounds like shit to him. His dad, in the meantime, is uh, in trying to embrace this shit sound of music because he doesn't want to feel old. And the episode ends with no resolution. Uh, Stan is a miserable, cynical piece of shit, and he yeah. thinks everything is shit. Everything, everything sounds like shit to him. And that feels to me like 90% of the people I hung out with in Chicago. But is that, do you think that that episode is like indicting, is it Stan? Was it his birthday? It's Stan's birthday, So yes. is it indicting like Stan, who's like, I, I'm... Not just like letting go and enjoying this, or like what is that? What was it? What was it trying to say? I don't think it was trying to say anything. I think this is just a normal part of life, and I think everyone has that for a few years. And it's usually when you're a teenager, yes. you just hate everything, and even the things you like, you're kind of forcing it. And it's true. <laughs> I mean, I went to uh, I went to the first Family Values tour because there was something to do. It wasn't good music. I knew it wasn't going to hold up, but at the same time, I wasn't ready for Bob Dylan. Yeah, but I mean, I also think some of that's experience, too. Of course, of course. You know, I think there's that Atlantic article that came out this week about the fact that when you try and make your kids happy, what you're actually doing is sending them to the couch and making them unhappy. Because adversity is the thing that makes you happy, knowing you can triumph, knowing you can do these things. Mm -hmm. I think experience sort of lends to... Yeah, that was shit, and this wasn't shit. And so now I have a basis of comparison. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, hormones and awfulness and that cusp feeling that you're doing when you're 15, 16, 17 years old. I mean, it just permeates every single thing you do. But it, and but that's okay and normal, but once you hit a certain age, it's no longer okay. I feel Absolutely like not. Once you hit like mid-20s, like, okay, that's enough. Start becoming an adult. And I don't think that's happening a lot right now. But, okay, if you're in your mid-20s, there is a... I think the reason why stuff it, it hits you in a certain way and you're uh-huh. like I like this cuz it's it's either something to do yeah. or this is the first time I've heard this and I haven't gotten to the point where I've developed a greater understanding of this or I haven't figured out why this is shit yet yeah. you know I mean you I 
was this is gonna this is maybe a stretch, but I was in the car and uh, Rod Stewart's "The Killing of Georgie" came on. I don't mm. know that one. Okay, you don't know that. Song? I don't know that one. So this song is basically about it's this sort of like Lou Reedish. First of all, I'll say talk about it like the first time I heard it, which was it's this really kind of like narrative song about this guy who's a gay guy and he's in New York and he's like you know the kind of on the party scene and everybody loves him and thinks he's great and at a point in the song the guy gets killed oh and okay. he's and what then, era rod stewart this is was this? like 1970s this is like so just studio 54 yeah, yeah, yeah yes yeah. yes okay. yes and so he was still kind of doing quasi like interesting you know work and stuff but he was like on that was the whole the, narrative like he was a broadway star too was georgie was a broadway star wasn't yeah, it? yeah 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 okay. so so the first time I heard this, I'm like, wow, this is some really deep shit. Like, this, you know, let's learn about, you know, intolerance and everything else. And, you know, great. This is amazing. I went back. I just heard it again recently. And it's a total fucking Lou Reed ripoff, first really? of all. It is a complete Lou Reed yeah. ripoff in, in, in the worst possible way. And... It's just really dumb. Like it's just like the song ends and it's eh, the guy got killed and we just kind of all moved on. And I think it's supposed to be this statement about how you know I don't know honestly I but don't if, know. If but 50, like, if fifteen if, the, if fifteen years old you, you've not heard anything else that's even I haven't heard Bob Dylan have, at that point. You haven't heard you know? Bob Dylan. You don't know that song. There could be a narrative in a song. Yeah, I'm you like, know this is really this is like some profound shit. Like we shouldn't be. You should have developed more of an understanding about the human condition and. Maybe that hearing that song helped me to get to that point earlier in my life. But as a song, that song is a piece of shit. I remember really looking terrible. at my dad. Could, when, go ahead. No, no. Could you enjoy that song now? No, I can't. Really? Yeah, we, I no. can't. I, I just we listened to it. We were in the car it's terrible. Trying. It's not even like a good terrible. No. It's not even like, oh, this is really like over the top. It's like Billy Squire, not great, but I can still enjoy it. This I was like I but I but I hadn't got I understand why it's first of all the fact that it's complete Lou Reed ripoff mm-hmm. now it really just that was that was the thing that really bothered me but I think I'm going backwards I think I'm embracing things that are complete ripoffs more than ever before because it's just fun like the new the most recent Weezer albums I love them and they're mm. so like even the Coldplay cover like there's a Coldplay cover of a song that's four years old on a recent Weezer album for no reason and I'm like these guys have balls and they're having fun who cares. Their cover of Paranoid Android for no reason. I love it. And I know it's a it's just having fun. That's good. But it's not a good song. Like yeah, everything but... about it is a bad thing. Why? Yet I enjoy it. Uh, because maybe it's because of how I know that band. Like I would have mm. never listened to somebody covering Coldplay and been like, this is great. But because I have Pinkerton and because of all that stuff, I view them in that light. And to me, like they're stretching. And that's a totally unfair assessment of pop music. And by the way, sorry you're listening to a podcast barbecue like this, a listener at home. <laughs> this isn't our usual fare, but I'm, I'm glad we're talking about it. Does that make sense, though? I think it's... it's are, so are you kind of like going, you I on, know this isn't really Weezer. I know they're sort of winking and nudge with this because I had Pinkerton, I had the Blue Album. No, and, I don't think they're winking. and I think they're doing exactly what they want to do and they've thrown out any pretense that they had before. They're no longer trying to be cool, which to me makes them so much more enjoyable. Hmm. They're on a commercial um, that was played during soccer games in the past few weeks. It's them on a yacht. And it's for a clothing company, like IZOD or something. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. They're cashing in. Good for them. And like 10 years ago, or hell, 15 years ago when I was like 14 or 13, I would have been like, fuck these guys. They're sellouts. And now I totally embrace that culture. Because when you're 14, 
that's what you do. But I also think it's just a sea change now. As soon as Dylan did a lingerie commercial, everything changed in that way. Everyone's doing commercials. I think it was, and this sounds, this is trite, but I think it was the Moby thing. I mean, when he was like, every song needs to be, every song on this album is sold to somebody. And that was the same time when Sting was doing that Jaguar commercial. It was just like, there, because it was what you were talking about before, like, radio has gotten so segmented. We have uh, satellite radio in the car. Yeah. And, Mm -hmm. If that's, you how we learned, six- that's how we listen to the Rod Stewart song. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> yeah. So, but if you listen to the 60s channel, everything kind of sounds of a piece, right? 70s channel, same thing. 80s channel, still pretty much that. You hit the 90s channel, and it's splintered. You will hear uh, Alanis Morissette, and then uh, Rancid, and then uh, some hip-hop song, yeah. and then Semisonic, and it is all across the board. And that's that point where stuff got to be so niche that you had to get people in the in the most like passing way because that's what radio had been for so long. It was just like you were flipping the dial uh-huh. and you just happened to catch people and like, oh, hey, that's an interesting song. And just in passing, that's what radio was. People don't listen to radio in that way You're anymore. They right. go for something in particular or mm-hmm. they go to a website or they go to whatever yeah. or they seek it out themselves. And because commercials were the, are the one last thing where people can hear a song in passing or uh, television shows, yeah. those are the places where you get that stuff in passing. And I think that's like artists have realized that. I think you know cultural critics have realized that. And so that's why you don't have this whole big "you're a sellout" thing anymore because people are like, well, that's that's now part of the listening experience for for good or for bad. Uh, that that people had when when they were younger, and that's the that is the new kind of radio. That's yeah, the new function. Completely. I mean, you're a big Moby fan, Merle. Yeah. Did that ever bother you? You said no. that like you were sort of like, but please don't. Well, make fun I of me. am, and I'm not like you know, like I haven't really listened to. That. I'm really bad when, when it comes to listening you, to new things, and when I just kind of were stuck. seeking out new music. Oh God. Well, you play new music. A while. Do you still play new music on your radio show? I play whatever I see on there. That looks interesting. And I'm like, like whatever. oh, whatever. Exactly. Click. But you're, so you're still kind of uh, listening to new stuff, but you're not actively seeking it out. No. What about you two? I was actually just thinking about that the other day, because quite frankly, I was in the mood for anything last year when I was pregnant. You weren't in the mood? I wasn't at all. Because mm-hmm. I, I, I look at my iTunes, and I look, I'm like, I haven't bought shit in like a year. Mm-hmm. And I realized that, first of all, the Satellite XM has introduced music again. Yes. Mm-hmm. Even if it's shit music, I, there's, there's something that'll, that'll bring it out for me. Um, I think that, you know, me getting out of a fog, that sort of certainly helps. Um, but I think, you know, God, what's... I think the, the last uh, thing Mumford that I and Sons. Okay. okay. There I got, you go. That's, a, things that's I did, an artist but that's I think, But I was in labor, I think. Wasn't I in labor when they were on the Grammys? I, when they did the I don't know. Thing. I was next to you. I wasn't like off watching television <laughs> being like, baby, I'll be right back. I think Mumford the Sun's going to be on the Grammys. Hang on. I want to see this. You would love him. Best new artist. Adele coming up next. Push. Free. You know. It's cool, right? It's just a C-section. But I, th- but I, think, somebody to- I think somebody told me that they were like this great band where it was on the Grammys. Mm-hmm. And if you'd have told me was 10 years op- ago. Was it in the operating room that this happened? What, where was yeah, I? I just told you, like a nurse? <laughs> the doctor's like over there like, hey, by the way, Everything was a leg. fucking blur uh, in February, so I don't really remember. All I know is I think someone told me you would really love them. So I checked them. I'm like, yes, I do. I, I really love them. But if you'd have told me 10 years ago, that, that would have been the reason I would and bought that album. Have you heard Frightened Rabbit? Mm-mm. They're the better version of Mumford and Sons. 
the better version. And Mum Version says it's a good band. Frightens, frightened, frightened Rabbit. Rabbit. I'll frightened play it as soon as we're done. I have some of their stuff, I think. So. Do you like them, Scott? Uh, they're okay. Awesome. They're fine. The problem with Frightened Rabbit is all four of us, uh, you're, you, you two are obviously married. You, you've been in a relationship for a very long time. I've been mm-hmm. in a relationship for a very long time. Great breakup music. So it's one of those things where mm-hmm. like, you're never going to... I think that's the other thing, too, about music is that... It, it's based on pain. If it's, it's, it's if good, it's usually. if it's pain, and yeah. I'm not in a place of pain, yeah, it, it does get a little harder. Yeah, and then it's just candy, mm-hmm. and then you don't want to buy candy. Oh, we got so deep for no reason. You I'm know what's sorry. funny though is, and, and this is the probably related. The last thing I can remember downloading uh, was the was the newish uh, Devo album. Oh yeah, which the is, one with the blue helmet. Yeah, like yeah, blue. which is yeah. good, it but. Is. But like that was what I, I mean. That was the the most new music I think I've downloaded in a while. Yeah, was new that music from a thirty year old? Yeah, band. yeah, yeah. You know, um, just shh. the cars. I think I listened to the new car again. Yeah. Same oh, thing. Yeah. And you which, did, which you is did. by the way, uh, great. Every other song. Yeah. Every, okay. And then uh, the other ones are terrible. So like half the album is good. Did you speak back to Weezer, man? Uh, Rick Ocasek produced the Blue Album. Right. Listen to that on headphones. There are so many keyboard parts that you've never noticed before. Hmm. It's very odd. Um, back to your marriage and the baby. How was the 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 birth? <laughs> yeah, long, yeah. long and arduous. So I had every intention of uh, giving birth nat- uh, unmedicated mm-hmm. is the PC term, and we took hypnobirthing classes. And why? Everyone asks Holy why. Shit. Here's my reason. Here's my reason. So it felt it, it was like it felt like a calling. It, it, honest to God, did it felt like I didn't feel very maternal. I uh-huh. didn't grow up thinking I'd have kids. Um, I, I wasn't a motherly kind of person, and there's something about I felt like that experience would sort of tune me into something maternal. Um, we, we wanted kids. It wasn't just like I grew, I'm just saying I wasn't the girl who grew up wanting sure. to have a wedding and babies and all that. But stuff. that's good. It, it, it is. No, for trust me. me. My mother was the one that wanted the the marriage, and the, yeah, that's a terrible yeah, I mean, recipe. Yeah. I, oh no, I absolutely, I absolutely agree. But yeah. you know, I so it, it felt like it would tap into something that maternal. Mm-hmm. Um. So the actual process, the hypnobirthing process, was great. Um. I went into labor, false labor, for like stop and start for two weeks, and then when I actually went into labor, I think we were in labor for sixteen hours unmedicated until, um, they said you need to go to the hospital. So at four o'clock in the morning, not because just like it's now we're about to have the yeah, baby. Yeah, like it's so time for not you to like go. Something happened. So Good. at four o'clock in the morning, we piled into the car and drove to Oak Park. And this is from the south side. From the south yeah. side. Okay. And specifically, uh, like Western 103rd area. Like yeah, 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 around yeah, there. Yeah. And uh, so that's a pretty long drive. It yeah. was. Yeah. It and, was. And you have to understand, like. It's, it's not just like a drive, you know. It's a long drive, and yeah. but it's four in the morning. There's it's, no traffic, but there's a woman. In there pain. is a woman who is in labor, and she wasn't like you know sitting in the back seat like well, oh, put your belt on. It was like she was. Uh, we had the the baby carrier in the back, obviously, and so she was on her hands and knees in the back seat, uh, like arms and head over the the baby. So sort of like well, and the thing is, at that fours, point, like, at this point, it becomes very like uh, animal. Yeah, very primal. And so you kind of go in any position that makes sense. Yeah. It doesn't mean safe. It just makes sense. Got it. And it was ever going to get me the 45 minutes to Oak Park. So, so I have Scott, to like, you drive. Driving. Yeah, so I have to drive slowly because I don't want to like break quickly. Of course. Can I, and, can, I tell, can I interject at the best part? No, I was getting there, but go ahead. So when this we're... This story, sir. No offense. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> we're super in labor and he forgets to turn on the alarm no, no, for the house. No, stop. Oh, right, stop. Jesus. It doesn't matter about fact. Just go. So um, he also forgot to, to lock the house. But he didn't just forget to lock the house. He forgot to shut the door. Oh, good. Really? So he left. Yeah, but you could give him a break. <laughs> right? Any time in life, this is totally fine. But no. You know where he doesn't get a break? 
So we're down Western Avenue, and he says he's got to turn around. Fuck, no, you don't. Did you turn around? No. I would not let him turn. Do you have I, I had a baby coming out of my <laughs> vagina. Like, true. There was going to be no turning. I just love that. I got to turn around, around real we quick. Were, we were like five <laughs> houses away, and I realized I'd forgotten to put the alarm on. I, yeah. I didn't realize that I had left the door open until we were uh, like well, like we were on 294 at that point. Do you have any neighbors that are friends? That we, you could have called. At this no, point. we don't. We didn't have like their number or anything. Oh, I ended geez. up calling my sister, who lives about like fifteen minutes away, and she she, had she went over and she did. She understood, and she went over there, and I talked her through shutting the door and turning the alarm on, and it was Jeez. fine. Uh, but that was that was not my best moment. No, it wasn't. We got no. to we got to the hospital, and they thought I was going to have the baby right in the triage. Yeah. Nope. How much longer was it? Um, another uh, twelve hours. Oh man! Yeah. So you were there from like four to four. Yeah, yeah. and finally they just said um, you're going to have to have a C-section. So you didn't want a C-section? No. I mean, to be honest, I wasn't particularly uh, uh, upset about how it went. Yeah. Um, I just wanted, you know, to be safe, sound, all that hoopla. Yeah. Um, it's what they said had to happen, so it did. It, I didn't... It wasn't enjoyable, but, you know. Yeah. Although, in the long run, your business stays a little tighter. My business stays intact. <laughs> There's no why? ripping. And, you know, and She's someone, very, someone very inappropriately, actually, I remember sometime... I think in the 12 hours after I gave birth, said that to me. Like, well, you're better off. And I was like, what? Your vagina. Yeah. I yeah, seriously. Because, I mean, there's rip. I hear ripping. I don't know. That yeah. shouldn't rip. Yeah. That See, these rip. are the things. These are the things that no one tells you about. And the pooping. For some reason, that's the one thing that freaks me out the most. I don't want to poop in front you're of anyone. Poop regardless of babies. Oh, I don't want to. I, I just don't need. And then like your legs the are all spread out. Labor, yeah, I get you that. You might poop. I get that. Yeah. Just you think- didn't, though. I I didn't see, no. but that's I see. Think, but she but didn't go all the way. But if you're if you're but doing the oh no, the baby medicated birth. But she had the C. No, but she had the C-section. But with C-section. But C-section. Here's the question. Here I will give you. She went all the way. I give I will give you a nugget. The body knows way ahead of time. What do you mean? The body knows. Your body. Your body starts. Cleansing itself out before you get to that point where you're on a table, given pushing. Oh, I hope does. so. It does. So, so you it just seems so a bit legs up, and then just there it comes. How long were you up from the start of labor <laughs> to the? Um, contractions started at nine in the morning. Uh-huh. The active labor, which is when you're having contractions pretty regularly, mm-hmm. started around noon, one o'clock. So and it was from, getting serious at like eight o'clock. So that it night. was um, <laughs> eleven hours. Sunday. Later. It was so dude, Sunday It was a whole weekend, basically. Yeah, it, it was, was really it like was the whole weekend. weekend. We were just like in bed. I had uh, my little iPod and I had like an app and I was like a contraction app and timing it out yeah. and like just we just like. You want to be like, oh my god, that sounds like luxurious. You were in bed all weekend. <laughs> no. I was like, no, because my wife was like, hmm, you know, like, like, oh, I, I, we had all which is like the plans. worst. If you really love somebody, you're like, you never want to see them in pain, yeah. and like, just like, no, this is the thing that's supposed to happen. She's like, hmm. We had you know? really great plans for like watching Anchorman and the Cosby Show, and no, what did no, you watch? Nothing. The wall. The wall. <laughs> yeah. Did you have any music on? Did the was the radio Actually, on? Was NPR we on? No, we actually no. didn't. I, I think at that point, I you just didn't want to hear anything. You no. you were really and he was like making jokes, going inward and trying to concentrate. Good or a bad idea? A bad idea because mm. yeah, he's his coping mechanism. And fi- I was trying to be patient and kind because he was trying to be of course patient, trying to be and, kind. patient and kind. I was going to say, what hour did you just yell at him and tell him to shut up? I actually <laughs> no, never you didn't. Did. You, did. you were just did. you were just you were you were cool. You were. We had like, a doula too. We had a doula, which I highly recommend for any woman. 
Um, but at what that is point, a doula? I'm a, sorry. A doula is um, so what's the best? The way that I've always described it, you're not supposed to describe it this way. It's a birth coach. Yeah. And it's why? Wait, why won't you describe it? That I don't way? know. There was a thing. Well, because there's some, there, there's training. There's I mean, it, it's a it's a pretty involved process to become a doula. That's, and, that's a respectable title. Absolutely. I think it 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 works. I think if you don't know what a doula is and you're like that yeah. sounds like some hippie granola bullshit. Yeah. If you say it's a birth coach, be like, oh, okay, I get that. Yeah. Like totally. that actually makes sense. That would be helpful to yeah. have. And but there is I forget what the reasoning is that you're not supposed to. And honestly, I do too. But I mean, she was awesome. I mean, she kind of stepped in, and finally, I looked at him and said, "I know this is your coping mechanism, but you need to shut up." Yeah. <laughs> and because I just couldn't. And that worked. And it did. And, and then, it then she stepped in. No, I'm and... gonna be like, no, no, wait, I got a good one coming <laughs> up. Hang on. <laughs> this is some funny shit, baby. Um, you I like this one. What was I'm assuming your head was either blank or anger or pain. Uh, it, what could have been? Did you did you have any outside thoughts of like? The grass needs to get cut. I need to take out the trash. Like anything, or was it just like no, I'm in pain? This I, sucks. The one thing about the hypnobirthing class that we took, and that was the whole idea, was that it was a it was a coping tool. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for some women, it depends on like how how their body responds to labor. Mine just did not. Got it. And so it's one of those things that kind of keeps you focused, keeps you in the moment, helps you. And honestly you're feeling some serious ass pain. Yeah. So you don't really have time to worry about whether or not the, the grass is cut. You just kind of want to get through this next like contraction. Of course. So no outside thoughts, no random anything. No. What about you, Scott? No, just, I was like, just focused like, on not yeah, yeah. And relieving pain essentially. Yeah. Well, and that sounds awful. Yeah. It's, it was, it's a tough, it was, it's a tough time. I'm so glad we did it. Oh, I mean, it's a necessary evil, but it's, there's no. It seems like there's no way around any of this. Yeah, I don't know that I wouldn't have. I wanted to do anything differently, and there no. wasn't anything we could do differently. I think, I think just... our, the other big reason behind the the, the the path we took was that um, the actual process of labor and pregnancy and delivery is such a um, the business of it. Yeah, is a bunch of hooey. I rejected okay. it um, beyond all comprehension. Um, not only for the fact that what it does to women and kind of the clinical process of it, and it totally discounts. How you feel, yeah. what you want, what's important to you. Um, I also just kind of felt like I don't need to be pumped full of a bunch of shit if my body knows what it's doing. And but your is, body knew it needed to do something. So when I talk about you know the fact that your body responds and does stuff, it it does. Mine in particular did not progress past the point where I could deliver without intervention. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to give it a shot, and it was funny when we got the hospital bill. I think had we not had to have any intervention. Well, we have insurance, and so we didn't have to pay this, but it uh-huh. was like $25,000 with wow. surgery and anesthesia mm-hmm. and everything else. I didn't want to buy into that system. Yeah. But we did. And thank God for it. I mean. Yeah. Scott, thoughts? Uh, agreed. Okay. Good. <laughs> We're going to wrap up this hour shortly. Um, this is very both scary and comforting to hear all of this stuff. I think the, the thing that bothered me about i mean we you kind of touched on it a little bit about the whole like you know uh, incredible process of of intervention and and what have you that goes into most births i think the thing that bothered me is that people particularly dudes would just like not talk about like what it felt like to go through this kind of whole thing and like when we got the end of it i mean the whole like you know locking the forgetting to lock the door forgetting to set the alarm like that was the worst because i was just like 
I am not prepared to yeah. do this. Like that's the one yeah. like minor thing that I can do to keep my family safe, to keep my home safe. Then and it's I a, like, fucked it up. Not just a partnership, yeah. but family. It's yeah, different. like I screwed this up. I am not going to be able to hold it together. Yeah. and and do this. Um, you know, I had the presence of mind did. to figure out like, okay, I can call my sister and she can lock up the house and it's fine. Yeah. Um, and like the whole process of just seeing her in pain and not being able to do anything about it was kind of tore me up. Do you wish and, it was Mad Men era where you can just sit in the waiting room and drink? Um, <laughs> par- come on. Yes. On, and some level. And smoke. Yes. On some yeah. level. Yes. Only because you don't have to watch your partner go through exactly. a, an enormous amount of pain yeah. and you don't have to have that feeling of helplessness. But here's the thing. And you that's, that's it. Also, I don't, don't mind a good, you know, I don't mind a good drink. I'm a big <laughs> believer in choice. You don't have to do that now. I mean, honestly, what, like be in the delivery room. No, you don't. I mean, the thing no, is, but I chose to, and no, you, you know. chose to. No, no, no. And I don't, I think it, it is like anything else. You get to do it how you need to do it. Well, it depends on the woman. It depends on what she wants. It has. Yes. To. Yes. And if she's like, it's up to you, then it's I, I have to be there because of guilt. There's yes. no way around that. Yeah. Or I'm going to be a shitty person. I guess like, my, I guess my larger it. point is just that it is like anything else. You educate yourself. You decide mm-hmm. what works best for you. And then you go do it. That's great. You're setting a good example for all of us in this apartment right now. Mama like, well, who else here is pregnant? Yeah. Uh, no one, hopefully. Oh, want to get pregnant? Hey, the nice no, no, that's the whole point. No. Let's do <laughs> like, it at 12-hour There's a lot of cans of high life out there. You don't know. of high life. No, you guys are a great couple because you both are, are driven and you're not based around bringing someone else into your life to like uh, uh, fill a void, you know, no. like my mother did. So it's very good <laughs> that you two well, are Look how well that turned out. It's awful. Why do you think I'm in a fucking director's chair lording over Are people? you kidding me? You look great. <laughs> yeah. Your yeah. hair is all... I have hair. Nice hair. <laughs> <laughs> I have nice hair. You look really handsome. You said Forrest Gump. Is that right? When? Uh, yesterday. It's longer ago. than that. Did I? You said I look like Forrest Gump. No, I said that a long time ago. So, no, nope. but it was the same Forrest haircut. Nope. So. Nope. Sport, I got Forrest Gump. I got Young Republican, and I got Rain Man. No, I think you look. Just, no, I said Rain Man. You just look handsome. <laughs> I think but handsome. Yeah, we'd say handsome. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. But no, I said Rain Man because he was wearing a windbreaker. It wasn't oh. a windbreaker. Oh. It was a spring London fog jacket from the sixties. All right. Well, he looked very Rain Man. He looked Rain Man. Then he was wearing the plaid shirt. Rain Man. Yeah, God forbid I'm not in a t-shirt. No offense. <laughs> Nothing's wrong with a good tea every now and then. That's just not for me it's right true. now. You're, you're in a very pretty sundress. Don't make it is lovely. checkered shirt. I think they're equivalents. You or just called I'm mine wrong. pretty and then... <laughs> you called mine... Yeah, I called your pretty and then you made fun of me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm confused by how what the equivalent works there. I think you're not going to a fancy anything, but you're uh, also not just running errands. You want to look not your best, <laughs> but your moderate to good. Does that make sense? Okay. That's why I don't have a fashion show. Yeah, you should. Sh- Time for plugs. <laughs> How can people find you and follow you and all that good stuff? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at go. our man in Chicago. Yeah, uh, that's usually. I wanted to apologize. To I made fun of your photo. Uh, oh really? When on, is this? On the live show, like a year and a half ago, maybe. Or a year ago. You're, 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 you're apologizing me for something that happened a year ago? Yeah, because I felt bad because you changed it soon afterwards. And I was like, I hope you didn't change it because of me. <laughs> I don't think bad. very highly of yourself. No, was the talk- which photo <laughs> was it? Uh, it was you. In, uh, n- not You were wearing a suit. He was the drink. He had the cocktail in his yeah. hand. And you thought, I was like, you look smug. I was like, no, I don't like it because it cuts the top of your head off. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and I remember that. I also wanted to apologize because I was joking. I don't know if you took it as a joke. 
I made fun of the, where you guys live, and I like where you guys live. I oh, just, that was that whole thing target. about the bit. No, I thought that was fun. That was good. a good bit, actually. I, I thought just, that was hilarious. You, no, you, you represent yourself very well. No, that was good. I mean, you were you were you were kind of racist at that time, but that was okay. <laughs> that was good. fine. Was no, good. see, did you see what I pulled that was it back? Very good. Look at that. That was like a year ago. Good. I still pulled it back. I remember that. Yeah, that was yeah, a good time. You get you got to have uh, good reflexes when it's so dangerous where you live. Uh, <laughs> you have to plug. Now. Um, you can uh, find me at ejshay.com. Yep. And uh, it's on very Twitter. interesting reading that blog. Oh yeah, why is that? Because it's scary. Because it's scary. Yeah, because it's realistic and scary. And it's very honest. It's very good. Thank you. I highly recommend it to anyone thinking a kid will fix their life. It won't. It will not. Yeah. It can make it awesome if you are prepared for uh, that. And if you are going into it for the right reasons. I mean, honestly, like, our kid is awesome. Yeah. And she is awesome in, in, to have in, the, in our lives. But, but. Uh, we weren't like, that took a lot of hard work. Yeah, it, it still did. takes a lot of hard work. Yeah. Merle, anything you want to add? They're wonderful parents. Aren't they wonderful? <laughs> I want to thank you both for Are you guys going to stay us. on the south side? Yeah. Yes. You, yeah, we're you in knows you're going to raise her there and not... Yeah. 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 Good. That's She's awesome. a big backyard. And, and, That's uh, so great. So, you know. It's a neighborhood where kids still get to... Honestly, they get to walk around. It's like an old school Chicago neighborhood. Yeah. It is. It it's, is still... It's kind of run the place. Nice. It's kind of not like here where we're at. We're in Lincoln Square right now for the listener at home. It's a little different. But this is a really oh, nice no, this, neighborhood. This on, is though. crazy nice. You raise you raise your family where you think you need to raise your family. Yeah, uh, it's just nice. That's people all. just people attach. <laughs> I'm too trying much not crap. to be mean. It's hard to end things not being mean. You know, <laughs> the thing is, you have to balance. Yeah, you do. You can be mean. You can be nice. Yeah. Just have a balance. It's so hard. fuck you. It's <laughs> <hard>. <laughs> fuck you. You're great. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna say that. Uh, thanks for listening. We're gonna wrap this hour up. Uh, coming up next is other people. Follow us on Twitter at YMTE. Friend us on Facebook at facebook.com slash everybody. And for details on Monday and Tuesday nights at The Hungry Brain, go to youmethemeverybody.com.